This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome into a new episode of the Storm Center Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Everhart. Uh, past week has been super exciting for many reasons. Just, it's a good time to be here at Trine. We got a lot of uh, MIAA Athlete of the Weeks. Uh, women's basketball finally defeated Hope after few years just a very exciting time we're gonna go through the weekly rundown then we're gonna have uh jacob nelson talk about hockey and then ben wanger to talk about basketball get some popcorn it's kind of a longer episode so uh yeah let's go ahead and jump into it hit it you're in the storm center Women's wrestling traveled to Albion College on Wednesday. They will travel to Davenport to go against them and Tiffin on Thursday. Women's basketball traveled to number one Hope on Wednesday and snapped the Flying Dutch a 61-game winning streak with a final score of 70-62. They then traveled to Olivet on Saturday and crushed the Comets 76-33. They then hosted Kalamazoo on Monday and won by a very large margin of... 82 to 38. Uh, they will host Albion on Wednesday if weather permits, and then they're going to travel to Alma on Saturday. Congrats to friend of the pod, Tara Benovich, on earning MIAA Athlete of the Week for her monster week. Congratulations, Tara, once again. Women's ice hockey lost to Aurora 5 to 2 on Friday and then beat them 3 to 1 on Saturday. They're going to travel to St. Norbert for Friday and Saturday. Women's track and field was was in the Steamer Showcase on Saturday. They will be in the Windy City Rumble on Saturday. Congrats to Valerie O'Bear on winning MIAA Indoor Field Athlete of the Week and to Haley Livingston for earning MIAA Traf- Track Athlete of the Week. Acrobatics and tumbling will start their season at home against Adrian College on Friday. Synchronized skating was in the Midwestern Synchronized Skating Sectional Championship on Thursday. Men's basketball beat Adrian at home 88-63 on Wednesday. They then hosted Olivet and won 100-48. They will be at Albion on Tuesday and then travel to Alma on Saturday. And congrats to another friend of the pod, Nick Bowman, on earning MIAA Athlete of the Week. He killed it this past week. ACHA D2 men's hockey tied Adrian College 3-3 at home on Friday and then traveled there on Sunday. ACHA D3 men's hockey traveled to Central Michigan on Friday and hosted them on Saturday. They then hosted Adrian on Sunday. They will be at Indiana University on Friday and Saturday. Men's volleyball beat Rockford 3-0 on Friday. Men's ice hockey traveled to St. Norbert for the weekend and lost 5-3 on Friday and lost 10-5 on Saturday. They'll be at home against Lake Forest on Friday and Saturday. Men's track and field was in the Steamer Showcase. They will be in the Windy City Rumble on Saturday. And congrats to Theodore Samra on earning MIAA Field Athlete of the Week. And finally, men's wrestling was in the MIAA Individual Championships and had seven podium finishers. They will be in the MIAA Duels at home on Sunday. Now, uh, welcoming back Jacob Nelson. It's been a while, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been a crazy few weeks back yeah definitely uh having some issues with certain stuff but you know we're back now it's cool so we're gonna talk some hockey and uh we're gonna start with two weeks ago on, on the 14th with the men's starting out at msoe it was a close set of games uh perfect one day in the power play oh for six the next so we gotta be a little bit more consistent there uh pk seven for 12 not terrible but can be definitely improved on. Shots, 52-67. Close weekend. You're going to have those. Uh believe one went our way, the other didn't in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, one went our way, the other didn't in overtime. So, close weekend. You're going to have those weekends. Glad we got at least one win out of it. Right, and it's, it's just tough because that's Milwaukee, right? Yep. God, that's a long drive. Yep. It was like a nine-hour trip, I think they were saying. Yeah, yeah, and getting one win out of that, I, you'll take that. Yeah, 
You'll you'll take a one win weekend out off a nine hour trip. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, there's those trips where you're like, man, I just don't want to do anything after this ride. <laughs> yep, we're gonna have one of those for lacrosse going out to Monmouth and then <sighs> out to Carroll. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have one of those trips that we're gonna have to battle that bus trip, but that's over spring break, so hopefully it won't be too bad. Right, and then. Uh, I cannot find their next game on the schedule, but it was over this weekend, correct? Yep. As they went to St. Norbert. Yeah, that was a that was a rough one. Uh, St. Norbert's ranked fifth, I believe, in USCHO uh, voting right now, and we're receiving votes, and it showed. Unfortunately, uh, we were outscored fifteen to eight in those games, and then. 47, 86 in shots, two for 11 on the power play, seven for 12. Special teams have to be better if we're going to be able to compete with those higher-level teams. And then we're going to have to dominate more of the play. And the, I, I don't know what the shots were like, but with 15 goals on 86 shots, you would like your goaltending to be a little bit better. Right. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this like the first time we've ever really played a higher ranked team? This is the first time since Adrian. Okay. Which has been a while. It's been probably two months. Yeah. Because we are we played Adrian in November, mm-hmm. and they were ranked number three at the time. And then St. Norbert's been the highest since. Looks like when we played Aurora, they were eighth on what on my spreadsheets okay which that could be what they were ranked they're ranked when i updated it but at one point they were ranked eighth which is still pretty impressive okay because i was gonna say like you only get a few chances to play high caliber teams like that and i know we're receiving votes and we're up there with those guys yeah but it definitely shows when you're not really playing that as high level competition yeah it definitely showed. Uh, it wasn't the outcomes we would have liked. We would have liked it the other way, obviously. But battle back against Lake Forest this weekend. Yeah, and those are going to be huge games. Those are both at home. I believe senior night on Saturday. Yep. And they're doing, like I think, a bunch of events on Friday. They're doing a bunch of events throughout the week for the hockey team. Uh, a bunch of mental health things. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I've been looking at trying to go to some of them, but with practice six to eight, it's hard. Right. But it will definitely, it's definitely beneficial for anyone that can go to go. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously everyone knows by now mental health is super important. And yeah. It's something that really does need to be addressed. But And I saw one thing where they're going to do, like, a puppy race on the ice. Yep. That's going to be during one of the intermissions is they're going to have a puppy race on the ice. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure what game that is or what intermission it will be, but it will be a fun one to watch. Just go to the games and you'll exactly. find out. <laughs> you'll be you'll be able to watch it if you go to the game. It'll be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll, so, go to, you'll get to the game and it'll be intermission and be like, oh, this is happening now. Yeah. So you can't go to concessions right now. I got to watch the puppy race. Exactly. Nothing like watching puppies on the ice. Have you been able to keep up with the records that we were watching for? Yes, I have. So, goals per game hasn't changed. It's still at 4.1, which is still the 1.2 over the highest. Points per game has gone up to 11 now. Uh, Shots per game has gone down to 39, but it's still nine more than the record. Uh, Two more wins than what we've previously had. Uh, Goals are at 88, which is a record. Assists, 143, which is a record. Points, 231, which is a record. Shots, 837, which is a record by over 50 right now. And then plus minus is a new one I looked at. Our record for that was a minus 33, I believe. Um, But right now we're at like a plus 187 or 176. So it's definitely improving. But hopefully we can get some of these numbers even higher because I know a few of them uh, I decided not to add because of different things that were happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goals against average went down with the last two games. 
and uh, other stats that dropped. So, and then uh, plus minus the record was minus 33, which was tied between the 1920 season and 1819 season. We were minus 33 as a team. And right now we're at a plus 170. Right. And I think, I think of some people, you know, the haters out there, they'll say, well, it's a very young program and all that, you know, they're going to break a ton of records, obviously, but it's not like we're, we're blowing rec- We are blowing records away. It's not yeah. like we're only beating them by like one or two or something like that. It's like, it's a big differential and you can definitely tell programs on the upswing. Yeah. The record for the wins is small, but that's, it's still on the upswing there. The goals were up by like 14 assists is by quite a bit points per games by over three or three or four approximately. Like they're all by a decent amount. So it's not like small increment records, right? They're big jumps. I say, cause you know, people, people always say something about, yeah, there's always going to be those few people that are going to hate on them. Yeah. It's like, just stop. Come yeah, on. exactly. It's like embrace it. It's history. But um, now I think we're good to move on to the women, right? Yep. As they kind of, they took a week off there for a little, they took like a couple weeks off, I think. They took three weeks off. They went from Adrian on the second outdoors to last weekend. And so 26 days between games. So they, they had a little while off. And uh, they split this past weekend. I'm and I mean we were talking about it. I'm honestly surprised that they split after Friday night. I was I won't say I was completely surprised just because I've seen them play and I've seen what they can do. Saturday was the closest to 60 minutes I've seen them play. The, everyone played great. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Um power, uh, penalty kill was 3 for 4. Power play was 1 for 12. We were outshot 49 to 81. So our goalies stood on their heads. Yeah. But we still battled. We kept the shots to the outside and minimal chances, which is key. I would say, because I had camera for Friday and it was Aurora, right? They got out to a hard, hot start, like two to zero. Yeah. And that was like, it maintained that throughout the first. Yeah. And the second, it got two to two. And then right after that, Aurora just pulled away. Yep. It, Aurora had their streaks in the first game, and we were able to stop them for that in the second game. And I was talking to uh, RSID, and apparently they have one of the top goalies in the conference, Aurora does. Oh, really? So uh, that was impressive that we were able to get as many goals as we did against them. I was going to say, because they she did a pretty good job at some points on yeah. Friday. I don't know about Saturday. I wasn't able to watch. She was definitely one of the bigger goalies that I've seen. And I'm not bigger, like heavier. I'm talking like bigger as tall. Yeah. Which, especially as women's hockey, it's definitely a more undervalued thing you don't see very often that with Aurora or with women's hockey is the goalies aren't very tall. They're more agile mm-hmm. and quick. And with, um, do they play this weekend? I believe they do. Yes, right? they do. They They're... play at our, is it, I believe it's at St. Norbert. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. At St. Norbert. And they're not bad. Um, they're pretty decent, actually. They're 14 and 5 and 5 and 2 at home and averaging just about three goals per game. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for the women, I think. Right. And, you know, I mean, we've seen this team. They've kind of been struggling all year, which, yep. I mean, it happens, you know. But th- I think that those Aurora games are really going to – show the rest of the season what that effect that they will have on that. Yeah, they can definitely carry this momentum into next weekend and then the fall into the playoffs and carry that all the way through, hopefully. Right, and uh, I believe with that, is there anything else? I don't believe so. All right, well, uh, that is it for hockey this week. Uh, Jacob, thanks for being here, and hopefully – We'll see you again next week. Hopefully, yeah. Lacrosse is starting up, so I might be busy, but...
I'll that, try. That's all right. We we'll always make have a workaround. All right, now to bring back uh, Ben Wanger. It's also been a while, and we've uh, <laughs> definitely been dealing with some stuff. I know, man. COVID, it's coming back, man. Luckily, I didn't get COVID. Tested negative, but you know, the contact tracing policy, or whatever. Had to had to sit out of school for a little bit, be quarantined. But you know, now I'm back. Right, so. we're back. That's all that matters. And uh, so we're gonna talk about basketball. We're gonna start out with the men, and uh, we're gonna go back a couple weeks since you know we didn't really cover anything over those couple weeks. Gonna start out with the Alma game where it was at home and they lost fifty-seven fifty-five. Not the best uh, result, especially since that is Alma's only win in conference. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was a tough game to watch. I was on the broadcast for uh, for that game. I had the play-by-play, and it was it was a tough one to watch. Uh, I mean, overall, I feel like our defense played great. I mean, as always, like that's kind of just the expectation at this point. I thought our defense played really well, but. It just seemed like Alma was just getting shots to fall, all, like, these really tough shots. Like, um, Cole Cliver had a bunch of, like, turnaround, like, fadeaway jumpers, like, contested man in his face that he was just cashing in on. And, uh, one, it's hard to stop. So, like, when someone's on fire like that and they're feeling themselves like that, it's hard to stop that as it is. But then when you combine that with some uh, poor shooting from the field, which kind of seems to be a reoccurring theme, which is a little bit surprising to me because we have a lot of really good shooters on this team. I mean, just yesterday when I was getting, waiting for my COVID test result in the MTI Center, um, Brent Cox was in there shooting around, shooting from three. And, I mean, I think I counted like 10, 15 shots from three that in a row that he, he was making. Yeah. Like, it looks smooth, but I don't know what it is when it comes down to, like, game time and stuff like that. But it seems like oftentimes we get good looks, we get, like, great shots at the rim, and every single time – they just don't go in. And sometimes it just seems like it's an act of God. Like there were a few shots against Alma where wide open shot hits the back of the rim and would like roll around the rim and then just roll like rim out. And I was just like, I mean, it's incredible because the same things would happen to Alma, but the shot would fall and it's just, it's tough to watch. But uh, I thought the team overall, I think that, I mean, the defense played great, but also 23.8% from three point range is not going to win you very many ball games. Especially when Alma's shooting 50% from three and 51% from the field. It's totally not ideal. And that's something that I talked to Aiden about last week. I wish you could have been there for that. It was just, he was like, man, it, it happens. And, you know, bas- basketball's going to work out to where eventually we're going to start hitting those shots. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree. But uh, I don't know at what point the shooting numbers start to become worrying for uh, Coach Brooks Miller and the team because – I feel like we've been saying that a lot all season where, you know, like keep shooting, keep shooting, and eventually like the shots will start to fall. But it seems like all season, the getting great looks at the rim, the ball movement on offense is great. I mean, there's no one, like, I feel like the offense is always flowing. It's just like for some, for whatever reason, we just can't get the lid off the basket. Right. And it's starting to get closer to crunch time in the conference. I mean, right now this is like peak conference play. Like this is when, these are must-win games now, and – Shooting, like, having this shooting slump is, uh, I mean, it's definitely not the question that Trank could turn around and uh, get back up to, like, top two in the conference. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, these shooting numbers got to improve and quickly. I'll say definitely it's just, at this point in the season, you're kind of like, well, you really want to have those shooting numbers up. But they have really improved over the past couple of games, which we'll get to as we're going to head on over to the Trinac-Calvin game. And this game... Got to talk to Aiden about it. The If you were watching it, the first, like, 15 minutes of the game was terrible on both sides for both teams. Just not the best offense, not that great a defense either, but no one was hitting shots, so it didn't really matter. And Calvin somehow got ahead by, like, 10 or 15 points and then trying came back to bring it within two at halftime. And then, unfortunately, with the one-point loss at the end, Mitchell Geller balled out off the bench, 23 points for a career high, man. He has been killing it this year. Yeah, Mitchell Geller's been on been on fire, especially, like, the last few weeks. He's been playing really well. Um, and I feel like this game's kind of like the same case with the Alma game, where it was like the uh, Calvin and Alma at the beginning of the game got out to such a big lead that most of the game uh, trying is just trying to come back from that. And then... I saw this especially with the Alma game. They came back into it, got themselves back into the game, but exerting all that effort and having to push that hard just to get back in the game 
and then you're tired for the end of the game when the other team is still fresh. Um, it makes it it makes it really difficult. But overall, I think I think watching those two games, I think that we played a better game against Alma than we did against Calvin. Um, and I think I mean obviously Calvin is the better basketball team between those yeah. two, but um, it's just frustrating because. Yeah, like you said, they were down, I think it was 10, right, to Something Calvin? Like yeah. That, yeah. Came all the way back, had a chance to win in the second half, and just couldn't get the job done. And I think it was just kind of like the same case with both those games where you have to do so much just to get back into the game that once you're finally back in the game, it can become difficult to get over that hump. Yeah, it gets to the point where, I mean, you set up perfectly. Like, all your starters, you're they're playing 15 minutes in the second half when you really should be getting breaks every now and then and – Calvin, they were just – Calvin just hit those big shots to where you're like, man, if they were more worn out, that would not have went in. Mm-hmm. But they just hit those huge shots. And, I mean, they're at home. I mean, you got the crowd behind them. One-point loss on the road. It's not the worst thing. Obviously, you want to win, but you take that in those circumstances. And then they moved on on 26. Uh, they beat Adrian 88 to 63 at home. Finally, this is where they start to get back in their groove. And I think, I mean, this was a huge game because, like, it's Adrian. That's our biggest rival here at Trine. It's Adrian and Hope. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, getting back in the win column, especially getting back in the win column at home against uh, a rival is huge. And overall, I thought the team played a really good game. I mean, Nick Bowman absolutely went off. He had 28 points. Yeah, and it was uh, something that surprised me because I was on the broadcast and I looked at the box score at the end of the game. I was like, wow, Nick had 20 points because it was a very quiet 28 points. Yeah, I noticed the same thing when, when I was watching the game um, from home. Like, I mean, obviously he was getting buckets just like he always does, yeah. but it just didn't seem – I think it's because of how spread out the scoring was. We had four players in double digits. Uh, Aiden had 10, Bryce Williams had 11, and Mitchell Geller had 12. So – even though Nick Bowman uh, doubled more, like doubled all of them in points, it didn't seem like he was the only one doing a majority of the scoring because uh, all these other guys were able to get those, uh, get their shots to fall. Which is, I mean, I mean, this is what happens when we're able to hit our shots. Uh, pretty solid shooting percentage, I think, overall as a team. Shot like fifty percent. Three point percentage still not the best. But uh, the one thing that was on the up and up against Adrian was the free throw percentage because that's been a place where I think we struggled a little bit this year. Yeah. Went 14 for 15 from the free throw line. Um, and I think, I mean, that was a huge step up. And then obviously, you know, Connor Jones getting back in, finally, finally getting some, like, meaningful minutes. Um, seven points, uh, two for three from the field, and then three for four from the free throw line. So it was nice to get to, uh, get to see uh, CJ back in action. Uh, still not really sure why he hasn't been playing very much. I'm sure that's something that is being handled internally with the team, um, and we can respect that. But uh, it was nice to see him back in the lineup. Yeah, I was really happy to see Connor back in the lineup, let alone a starting lineup. When I saw he was starting, I was like, okay, there you go. Now we're back to where he was. Because I was like, man, Connor, he contributed some huge uh, points back mm-hmm. last year. Like, he was a big part of that team, and it was just really good to see him back in the lineup. And then finally on Saturday – an absolute smothering of Olivet trying winning 100 to 48. And yeah. And Bryce Williams went off for one of the most unbelievable sequences I've ever seen where he hit five threes in a row for the team. Then when he was about to hit six in a row, he passed it to Nick Bowman for, for that six, three. And he went off for 24 points. He had 21 in the first half. I mean, that game, you know, offenses or defense is usually like the focal point we talk about our the basketball teams here. But I mean, holy smokes, a hundred points. Uh those are like NBA numbers. Yeah. And I mean, I thought that was another great showing from the team again. Had a bunch of guys in double digit scoring. Connor Jones got up in there. Uh Bryce Williams, like you said, Nick Bowman, and then Mitchell Geller again, who has just been super consistent over the last like two, three weeks. I mean, he's been playing great. So that was that was a lot of fun to watch. I didn't get to catch the whole game. I did see Bryce Williams just absolutely making it rain from three. Finished with eight eight three pointers on twelve shots. I mean, that's exactly the kind of uh, boost that this team needs. I mean, we see a lot of guys taking threes. Sometimes they're falling. Sometimes they're not. But I feel like more times than not, Bryce Williams is able to just catch fire so quickly. Um, 
even when the other team is locking up our other shooters, it just seems like Bryce Williams is able to get free uh, whenever he wants. So it was, it's always nice to see him just pulling the trigger. There was a point where Nick said, we had him on the broadcast for the women's game the other day. He said, man, I mean, all that was in his own, and we knew if we just put Bryce in the corner, he's going to hit his shots, and that's exactly what they did. And how Olivet did not get out of that zone at all or did not shift over to Bryce at all or maybe even do like a box and one on him makes no sense to me. You know, I don't know if – I mean, I'm I'm not here to uh, criticize any coaching or anything like that, but uh, I'm not really sure what film uh, Olivet was watching. Uh, I think if you watch any film on our team, I think the first thing I would say as a head coach is we can't run a zone against this team. Just the yeah. way just the way the ball moves around the perimeter so smoothly and like it's so quick. Like the guys are always looking to make that extra pass. And personally, for me, I mean, a zone you could run it a little bit, but running it for almost the entire game. I think that was just maybe a bad call on Olivet's part. But, I mean, shout-out to Coach Miller. Uh, obviously, he saw that there was an advantage um, that Tryon had with Olivet being in his own. And, I mean, Bryce Williams had himself a monster game. So, I think it was a great game plan for Brooks Miller. And then, obviously, the team executed it to perfection. Yeah, man, just stellar game overall. That crowd was amazing, too, especially when everyone erupted once it hit 100. It was really awesome to be there. Now, let's move on to the women's side where January 19th, they were at Albion winning 69-56. They let Lolo Reed go off for 27 points, and she earned MIAA Player of the Week after that. But Albion only had two points off their bench, so that was really the only – they really only had to deal with the starters. Kale Wildman went out for 18. Sam Underhill came off the bench with 13, and Alyssa Argyle had 10. Just a really good game overall from trying. Oh, yeah, and uh, I like Sam, uh, Sam Underhill coming off the bench. I feel like she's, like, all season's been, like, a really consistent scorer for yeah. us. Um, obviously, she's not one of, like, the uh, the bigger names on the team yet. I think she's a junior. Yeah, she's a junior. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure she's a junior. So, she still has next year. I think she'll definitely be a starter next season. Um, but, I mean, consistently coming off the bench and giving us points when we need it. I mean, she's been great all year. And then Kayla Wildman, who's just – she just catches fire like it's so easily like so easy for her to just catch fire. I mean, yeah. Tara didn't have a great shooting night, and I say great by her standard. She went yeah. two for six from behind the three point line, which is a great night for most players in the MIAA. She went two for six, but Kayla Wildman went five for eight from behind the three point arc, had eighteen points. And then you know if Kayla didn't have a good night, then I'm sure what it might have been Kelsey Taylor. It could have been Alyssa Argyle or Michaela Artis. Like it's always if it's not one, then it's the other, and. uh I mean, shout out Kayla Wildman. She's been balling all season as well. So yeah, she's been really good this year, and it's some. It's really been nice to see her get a little more consistent because the one thing you would always say about her last year was she's very streaky. She'll have a game where she has twenty points, and then there's an hour where she'll have like only three. But now she's been really more consistent. She's been getting in the double figures a lot more frequently. Really good to see that out of her. And she still got, like, second-team all-conference, I'm pretty sure, last year. So yeah. we'll see what that's going to end out this year. And uh, big game. Finally slayed the Dragon. This is the one we've been waiting to talk about. Of, of hope. Number one hope. 61-game winning streak. Snapped with a 70-62 to loss for the Flying Dutch. While they're at home, Trine goes in to hope and just... They did their thing. Tara Benovich... I mean, we knew that she, we knew from interviewing earlier that this hope game meant a lot to the entire team, and that you knew that that's the one that they're circling. She had 18 points, four of nine from three, six of 12 from the field. Rachel Stewart, huge off the bench, 16 points, pretty much a full stack stat line, only missing blocks, and she had uh, six steals, I believe. Yep, six steals. And the last one being the game ceiling steal just it finally happened Ben. i know it's crazy and it's like you know we watched when we watched hope come here and play us obviously it was a great game then um but i mean even in the first game when we played hope it was like okay this our trying team they have a shot to be hope like they definitely could do it but even after the first game i don't want to say there was doubt but it was like i mean hope was obviously in that moment that game was the better team and um i mean when they played hope Trine was only outscored in one quarter. It was the fourth quarter, and they were only outscored by five points. They led every other quarter. 
Um, I mean, all around a great team game. And I mean, I mean, snap, man, I didn't think it would ever happen. I don't know if Hope ever thought it would happen either. I'm not sure if the rest of D3 thought they would ever lose again. Oh, man. But I... here it is. We were the last team to beat them before the streak, and we're the first team to beat them after the streak. So I knew it was going to happen because looking back at all the scores, we he kept inching closer mm. and closer and closer. Like it went from a 10 point loss to an eight point loss to a five point loss. And then finally you beat them by eight. They were up by 10 and a half. And I knew it was going to happen this year. It had to just because of everything. Cause imagine all the, I I'm just assuming all those players would hear hope, hope, mm. hope, hope. They're on sports center on Twitter. They're featured everywhere. 61 game mm. winning streak longest in any NCAA history. Finally, we show we're running with them. We have been forever said, you know, hope is hope. They're going to get all the yeah. credit. I mean, this is, uh, I know I've talked about this with Andy a lot. Like, this was this was the hump that this team had to get over. And, you know, I, I think I was, like, the same school of thought as you. If it didn't happen on January 26th, then it would have happened in the tournament. Yep. Um, I mean, this, I mean, the last two years, every single time that it's a hope, Hope at trying, trying at hope. That's always like the not just a marquee matchup of like the night, but that is like the biggest matchup in the entire conference. I mean, this is huge championship implications here with now trying taking over at number one in the conference. Well, I guess being tied with hope at number one in the conference. But um, I mean, that's a huge game. And now trying has like a blueprint. You know, they saw what worked. Obviously, hope will make adjustments. They're a great basketball team, great head coach. So, you know, they'll make adjustments. But now they know what it feels like to win hope win against hope and not only did they win against hope they won at hope on the road and that's a huge confidence boost because who knows when it comes tournament time we could be hosting hope uh at the mti center and then obviously that'll be playoff basketball so you know the mti center will be loud so everyone better show up to that game because oh, yeah. at the one at hope that happened recently it was the largest capacity crowd for d3 basketball this year and if mti does not break that record I'm disappointed in every single person. I mean, I feel like school. I feel like it's got to happen because I mean, shoot, we saw how many people showed up to the men's conference championship game last year when we played Albion, mm. and that was only I think we only had the MTI Center at half capacity uh, overall. They were only allowing students in and like select uh, select guests, and that thing was still packed out. I mean, the whole top top row was just packed, and that was for uh, that was during quarantine. So now we're out of quarantine. Uh, be a packed house for the MTI Center. That would be an exciting game to watch. And honestly, I mean, I feel like this is the whole storyline of the MIAA for women's basketball right now. It's trying versus hope. Hope's been on top for so long, and now suddenly they have someone who can contend with them. So hopefully, I mean, we know it's going to be an exciting finish of the season, but I think whether they're trying to or not, I think this women's team is looking forward to that next game against hope because you beat them twice in one season. You solidify yourself. I mean, if trying beat hope a second time. That's normal one seed. I think personally, and I may be a little biased here, but I think if you beat Hope twice in one season, you are the de facto number one team in the country. You beat the best, the team who has been running NCAA Division Three women's basketball for three years. You beat them twice in one year. I mean, the automatic one seed in the national tournament, without a doubt, and a conference championship. And, uh, I mean, it'll be exciting. Who knows? We may even see Hope again a fourth time in the national tournament. Yeah. So it'll be exciting for sure. I us say because... We beat them once, right? It's definitely not over. We still have a lot more to go. And because we have the conference tournament coming up, we still got to win out to be able to host the conference mm -hmm. tournament, which really the only test will be Albion. That's going to be on Wednesday if weather permits. Hopefully Wednesday, but it's probably looking like it'll be Monday. Yeah, Monday. And, um, yeah, and then after that, you got a national tournament. Which it better happen this year. Yeah, come on now. Our women's team already got snubbed. Well, they didn't get snubbed, but they got robbed. Sweet 16 birth, and then the, the tournament got canceled. And then last year, there was nothing because yeah. apparently the NCAA doesn't care about D3 schools. I'm not well, going to get into I mean, it. we already knew that. But, but um, yeah, still a long way to go. And we know that it's not the end goal is beating Hope. It's a step in it, but it's mm -hmm. not the end for sure. I mean, I, yeah, obviously, I mean... Just because we beat Hope once during the regular season doesn't make us MIAA champs. That means nothing other than another win, the win column for us, and their first loss in, their, in the L column for them. But, uh, I mean, they do have a, they have a blueprint now. I mean, looking at the stats, Olivia Voskul, who is by far 
she might be just straight up the best player in the country when it comes to Division Three women's basketball. I mean, she is up there. I mean, she is a freak. She's, it's her, uh, Schoonfeld. She's been MIAA Player of the Year like three years in a row or something crazy like that. I mean, so these are, I mean, we're not just talking about two of the top players in the in the conference. Like, we're talking about yeah. two of the top players in the entire nation in Division Three. They held Olivia Voskul to seven points on three for ten shooting. And Kennedy Schoonfeld went two for nine from the field, zero for two from the three-point range for four points. I mean, that's huge. I mean, I think right there, that stat line right there might be what won trying this game because yeah. if either one of those teams, if either one of those girls caught fire, I mean, we may be talking about another win for Hope just right. because that's how big a game changer they are. And when you eliminate that, I mean, I'm not trying to take away anything else from the other players on Hope. Obviously, you don't become the number one team in the country without a great team. But when you take away those two two key players, I mean, we saw how it went. Hope obviously still stuck with trying the entire game, but, I mean, the end result is what matters. So looking forward to uh, that third rematch between Hope and Trine. It's not oh, set man. in stone yet, but I know we're expecting it here. I'm sure Hope is expecting it there. Yeah. So definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, it's just, God, that's going to be a good one. Just stay tuned for that. That's just going to, it's always a must-see matchup. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was hype on campus. I have a uh, Chelsea uh how do we pronounce her last name? I always mispronounce it. So Chelsea, if you're Ye- listening, I'm Gieske. sorry. Is it Gieski? Yeah, Gieski. So I have her. Well, obviously we have her in Median Society, yeah. and then uh, she's in my principal sociology class, and it was just great, just being in class with one of the players on the team. I mean, obviously this is a huge accomplishment for them. I mean, this was the the one giant that they had to topple, and they finally did it. And hopefully from here on out, it'll just be an easier conference schedule. I mean, you already beat the hardest, like you beat the number one team in the whole country. It's not going to be any harder than this, but now it's just a matter. It's it's more of a mental game now. You just got to finish out the stretch. You can't allow yourself to get cocky or, you know, think like, oh, we beat Hope, we can run the table. I mean, don't get me wrong. This team can run the table. I oh, yeah. already on a wait, eight-game win streak. Um, I don't foresee them losing. But, you know, anything can happen. That's the beauty of college basketball. So I'm excited to see how these next few games go. Um, I mean, shoot, got a few more home games. I'm excited to watch those. And, yep. And then it's uh, tournament time. So definitely excited. And just big win. Uh, we're going to move on to trying at Olivet on Saturday. You know, just a measly 76-33 win. <laughs> measly 76 points, you know. Which Olivet <laughs> – Last time that Trine played all of it, it was a game where they scored five points per quarter, not even averaging it out. That's legit what they scored in each quarter. So they got 33 points this time. So they they made some adjustments, but man, just a good game overall. Tara Benovich again with 18 points, and that was that with the Hope game secured her MIAA Player of the Week. Congrats to Tara, front of the pod. Definitely, definitely deserving of that. 100%. And shout out Nick Bowman winning. Uh, also winning Athlete of the Week. Oh, man. I mean, this is a complete aside. This is kind of random, not even related to women's basketball. But trying, I mean, holy smokes, this season, especially so far this semester, has just been, uh, I mean, how many times have I seen a trying women's basketball player MIAA Athlete of the Week? I mean, it's been Tara. I think I think Kayla Wildman had one early in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know Tara's won it twice. I know Nick Bowman. Obviously, and then on our track and field team, it's like every single week the MIAA Athletes of the Week are from Trine. I think this week, Haley Livingston got Women's Track Athlete of the Week. Valerie, Valerie, who, by the way, is no joke, currently ranked based on her last throw on Saturday. She is currently the number two thrower, I believe it is for the weight throw, uh, in the country in Division Three. So number two. So, I mean... It's just an exciting time to be a, a Thunder fan, and especially during basketball season. I mean, this is like probably my favorite time of the year other yeah. than football season. But, I mean, man, way to take care of business at Olivet because you always know, like, those teams with few wins, lots of losses, those are always, like, the dangerous teams because they have nothing to lose. They're throw everything at you. I mean, Olivet has nothing to lose. They're 0 and, they were 0-9 going into the game. Uh, so, you know, you're going to get their best shot. Um, and Olivet is a team, you know... The numbers and the stats say they're not very uh, impressive as a team, but, I mean, when I watch them play, I mean, they do. Like, they they get after it. I mean, yeah. they hustle. Like, they play their hearts out. And uh, just another great job by Tran. Just a, a business trip up to Olivet. Great job handling business. Um, 
And I'm sure we'll probably end up playing Olivet in the tournament, probably first round. I don't know because... It depends who gets that first seed because... I think who... Well, I think now only six teams will make it into the tournament. Oh, really? I think it's different from last year. Okay, because I remember last year I got... It was everyone. Yeah, last year was my first uh, first broadcast, and it was the Olivet game against our women's team. Yeah. And by the end of the first quarter, we weren't even talking about the game anymore yeah, because that was a... I don't even remember what the final score was. All I know it was, was a ton ridiculous. to very, very little. That so. was when Sophia Craig broke the uh, three-point record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was that was a fun game to watch. But you know, nothing against Olivet. No offense, Olivet. Uh, you're a great school. Your football team is pretty solid. Great track program. But uh, when you go to Olivet, you're expecting a win, especially when yeah. you're when, especially when you're a team of this caliber. You're expecting a win when you play Olivet, and they did exactly that. So shout out to them for getting business done on the 29th. Then we'll move on to the 31st on Monday where they beat Kalamazoo 82-38. And uh, I was on the call for this game, and um, Kalamazoo, there was some plays where I had no idea what they were even trying to go for. Like with passes, they were errant passes, like five feet above players' heads. I mean – I don't mean this to be offensive for Kalamazoo, but that was a bad game that they played. Mm. I mean, Kalamazoo is not like, again, they're another team like Olivet, uh, bottom of the conference, um, but they're another one of those teams where, like, you got to be ready for anything. And I think, you know, I think part of it is, I think, personally, obviously I'm not a basketball mm. player and I don't play against Trine. But I personally think coming to the MTI Center, that's got to be such an intimidating venue to play in. Oh, just absolutely. because even if the stands aren't packed out, you're playing in a Division One caliber stadium. I mean, let's just, like, it is, like, uh, not try to brag or anything, humble brag, but, I mean, it is a massive complex. It, you are playing in, like, a mini-sized NBA arena, and it's, it's crazy, and that's got to be so intimidating. And then you come in, Kalamazoo was, uh, I think, one in six in the conference coming to this game, and you got to play against the team who just is coming off the biggest, the biggest win, win of the season for, and that's not just for trying like the biggest win of the season, just period. overall period. And I mean, trying obviously rolling. They've been rolling for weeks now, but um, I mean, Kalamazoo, I don't want to say they didn't stand a chance because everyone stands a chance in college basketball. But yeah. I mean, it's none of those cases like the Olivet game. You come into that game expecting it to get a win, and they did exactly that by almost fifty points. And um, again, this is—I think this is more a testament to just our women's team. I mean, not just anyone could beat Kalamazoo by almost fifty points, and not just right. anyone could absolutely destroy Olivet like we did. And um, I think this is sort of like a, a like a measuring stick for trying, like, oh, like Hope had a big win against Kalamazoo. So let's get one too. Like we got to right. get a big win just to show that we can hang with them. Cause even though we beat hope, it's still, I mean, even though we still beat hope, I'm still thinking that most people, I mean, I think every hope fan out there would still say that hope is a better basketball team. Obviously we've been saying for the last two seasons that we're the better, better basketball team. Yeah. So it's almost more like uh, these last few games of the season, it's almost more like who can blow out more teams and buy m- more points. It's just like, who is going to show that, like who's gonna have like the uh, that sort of energy about them? But I think this was a great game for uh, for us. Obviously, how uh, I many we had? I think three people in double digits, three or four. Yeah, Alyssa Argyle had thirteen. Sierra Hines came off the bench with twelve. She played really well, especially in that limited role, mm-hmm. which became more not as limited because Tara was out yesterday. Uh, Katie Sloniker was out yesterday. Uh, Natalie Kuntz has been out for a while. Yep. Kelly Argyle was dressing, but she wasn't playing. I think she's set to play on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, Hines did really well, and then Kale Wildman had 10. And just overall, just a really good game. I mean, we talked about it. It's such a balanced attack to where no one's really going to get that high of numbers. But mm-hmm. every now and then, so whoever's hot is going to get the ball. Exactly. I mean – Sierra Hines has not played very much at all this season. And if you no. don't follow Trine women's basketball that closely, you probably have never even heard the name Sierra Hines. She's had interesting points, though, where they've put her in with four starters, mm. which is interesting because I'm like, wow, that's a lot of faith, especially when you hear so much about Sydney Wagner and how good that she is going to be and how Sierra Hines, she's getting the minutes with some of the starters. You're like, that's you're 
you're preparing her for the future right there. Mm, I mean, I think this was a great opportunity for trying. Obviously, uh, I mean, we were up big after the first quarter. We were leading 27-9 at the end of the first, so already yeah. up big. And I think it's games like these that are super important for uh, for the development of the team uh, because in blowouts like this, this is when the team that you're going to have next year gets to play together because in close games, you might have, like, obviously Sidney Wagner has been tapping into important games, but... Brooke Brower's been yeah, getting more minutes. But it's like, this is not uh, this is not their team yet, you know? It's still, this is still, like, Kayla Wildman, Kelsey Taylor, uh, Tara. Like, this is their team still. Mm -hmm. And so when you get, like, these big blowout wins like this, you get to see what next year's team can do together. I mean, I'm excited because Sydney Wagner, we've already said it a bunch of times on broadcast, and we said it uh, last time we were in here recording. Great talent for the Thunder. I mean, she's going to be great her whole career. And then Sierra Hines getting... I mean, she dropped 12 on uh, 19 minutes, uh, and she hasn't been playing very much. Still dropped 12 points. It's yeah. kind of out of nowhere. Um, so, I mean, the future is, I mean, it's exciting because, I mean, next year, it's not even going to be like a rebuild for the Thunder. I think I said this last time, too. It's not even going to be a rebuild. No. It'll just be a reload. We're coming back. Once again, we'll be competing for a conference tournament or a conference championship next year. But um, it's exciting to see the uh, the future players out, like you said, Brooke Brower. Uh, Kirsten Stout got some minutes too, um, Emma Hoover. So it'll definitely be exciting to see, and hopefully we get a few more blowout wins where we get to see these youngsters uh, get some more minutes because, I mean, they're fun to watch. I enjoy watching Sydney Wagner. I mean, she plays like she's been a starter for four years. Right. She brings just like this sort of, obviously she doesn't have the experience yet, but she plays like she has the experience, and, I mean, that's huge. So. Yeah, because she was second point guard in that first Hope game, and mm -hmm. she was, I wrote it down my, on my notes. She is super composed playing mm -hmm. the team that had a 50-game winning streak up to that point. Yeah, and I think even in that game, I mean, she didn't start. Uh, Michaela Artis got to start that yeah. game. But, I mean, there were points in the game, I think, in the second quarter and the third quarter, Sydney Wagner got more playing time than Michaela Artis did. Mm -hmm. And this is not a knock against Michaela Artis at all. She's a phenomenal player. She's been uh, consistent all season, but... Sydney Wagner, I mean, yeah, like you said, she just played, like, super cool, calm and collected. I know personally if I was a freshman and I got in, oh, your, yeah, your, first, your first thought is I got to impress coach, but she did not put herself before the team. She distributed the ball really well, and that's something that we've seen from her all season. I mean, shoot, against, uh, against Kalamazoo, she had one point, but she had six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. And, I mean, a lot of people just want to look at points and – Say like, all right, you only had, you only scored one point. You weren't that valuable to the team. But Sydney like, Wagner, she knows her role as a freshman, getting in, playing with the with the varsity girls. I mean, I guess they're all varsity girls, but you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, to have six rebounds and four assists and one steal, she's just showing like, even if she's not getting her buckets, she's still a huge contributor to the team. And she will be for years to come. So definitely exciting. Alyssa Argyle had a great game. As she well. has been doing really well with these injuries being able to get to start in a lot of games now she's been doing really well i'm interested to see when kaylee comes back how it's gonna be because i mean they're sisters i mean i don't want to say that she's gonna get preferential treatment but mm. my sibling if i if i'm playing on the court with them if they're i know your tendencies so i'm gonna yeah. know when you're more open than someone mm. would be yeah i mean i mean that's one thing that it's like one of those like little advantages that I think we have that not a, a lot of other teams have. I mean, we have, I think, is it two pairs of sisters on the team? Slonikers. Yeah, the Slonikers and the Argyles, yeah. Argyles. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously already great team chemistry, but then within that team chemistry, you have even more chemistry. Like the Argyle sisters obviously have been playing basketball together their entire lives, mm -hmm. and they know each other really well. So it'll be exciting to see. Uh, I mean, we already saw it before uh, Kaylee got hurt that they would get some minutes together on the court. Right. And I'm hoping now that Alyssa will get some more minutes on the court. Hopefully Kaylee doesn't come back, and I don't want to use the word steal those minutes, um, but hopefully she won't lose too much playing time with the return of Kaylee uh, because, like you said, she's been playing great for us. Uh, she's been stepping up in big moments, and I'm sure that will continue. So it's just adding depth to a team that's already so deep, and it's not like you're really adding it. It's just – now more players are more experienced. Now you're more confident in bringing them off the bench. Kaylee's going to get above them, obviously. I mean, she's been starting mm -hmm. this year. But so excited for that. Just cannot wait for the rest of the season to unfold. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is huge. Like, Alyssa getting these minutes now. Maybe she, maybe she does lose out. Maybe she only ends up playing like 70 minutes a game for the rest of the season. But who knows? Come playoff time. 
maybe Michaela Artis gets hurt and you need to fill in point guard. And yeah. right then, Alyssa Argyle has gotten all this experience this season, playing against great teams in the MIAA. She got some minutes against Hope. Um, I will always go back to that play where Hope trying no Hope at trying last year, where there was no one allowed in the building. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee Argyle pulled it from the parking lot, like from that NCAA logo in mm. cash money. So she, I'm not, don't ever say like, ah, man, I don't know if she's going to, yeah, how yeah, she's going to yeah. be in a limited role. Like mm. she's confident. She's mm. going to shoot the ball. I know. We saw that. Uh, I think it was the, I don't know if it was a hope game this year, but uh, uh, Michaela and Sydney were alternating at the one and two. And then Alyssa got in. And I think it was like the first or second possession after she got in, she pulled it from three and yep. like, that's just, I mean, I love that confidence from her, just coming off the bench and willing to shoot right away. It doesn't need time to settle in. And that's just, I mean, I'm sure coach has got to love that. If you have, I mean, obviously you don't love it, but if she's missing the shots, but she's not, she's uh she's a great shooter. It's those things so, where you're like, no, no. All right. Yeah, like, all right. Don't do it again, but we'll take it this time. <laughs> you made it. All right. But, but I mean, wow, this team, man, I can't, I can't rave enough about this women's team. I mean, they're, no. they're so good. Um, have been for years, will continue to be for years to come, I'm sure. 16-2, and two, I mean, so I personally think people, we got robbed of the number one spot, but, yeah. you know, I'm not here to uh, debate that. A lot of people are looking at our, the senior class. I mean, we got six seniors. Five of them really contribute a lot of minutes. I mean, I think, are all five starters seniors? Mm. Well, I guess the starting lineup has been shifting a lot, yeah, especially recently. Because we got Tara, Rachel, Kayla, KT, Kaylee, and Natalie Koontz. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, man, that's good. that's a big class to lose, man. That's a lot of winning right there. Mm-hmm. But you take a look at that freshman class, man. I mean, they're not ready yet. But, but next after, year. like, you get in some extra workouts, they're going to get more playing time, just more time and practice with different roles. They're going to be ready, believe me. On oh, that. yeah, and I know, you know, just how – how this team is coached and how well they're coached. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that this team's going to return to, I mean, obviously I think they will be a preseason top 25 team. Again, a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but I think they will be a, a preseason top 25 team. They deserve to be, uh, even if they don't win the conference this year, still deserve to be a top 25 team. Um, and yes, they are losing a lot of like their key players this year, but I know like, I mean, I talked to, um, who did I talk to? I, I talked to Chelsea, and she said this senior class, like, while they know, like, this year is their year and this year is about them, they are still working to build up the underclassmen because they know you can't – good teams aren't good for just one season. Yeah. To be a good team, you have to be good consistently. And she said these seniors have done a great job all year working with the underclassmen, not getting – not being, like, rude, but, like, if they see something that needs to be corrected, they'll correct them and – I mean, all these underclassmen, they all listen to the seniors because, I mean, if you try to ignore what one of these seniors is telling you, then I just don't think you want to be good at basketball because (laughs) these girls are great at basketball. And, I mean, so it'll be exciting to see because I know even next year they're not going to be a whole starting five of just freshmen. Obviously, I think – well, I'm excited to see what Sam Underhill does next year in her senior year. She's going to be really good because one thing that I think goes – underrated with Sam. I mean, obviously she comes off the bench, but her footwork when she's around the basket is some of the most impeccable stuff I've ever seen. Just how she doesn't even have to look down to know where I'm going to put my foot here and they're Mm. not going to be able to stop me. I mean, like you said, especially on defense, I mean, I think still inside Kelsey Taylor is still like our defensive anchor. I mean, she's just so great on defense, but when she leaves the game, and Sam Underhill comes in. She's playing defense on the basket. No I mean, slack. she is she is just as good as Kelsey is on defense. I mean, I've seen so many times where she's made huge plays, gotten some big blocks, even a few steals on the perimeter, which usually you wouldn't expect from a post player. But, I mean, she's a, on defense. She is. I would argue that she might be better on defense than she is on offense. And she is a great offensive player. I think she is, is our second leading scorer. Did we look at that? We just looked at that. Uh, Rachel's our number two. Sam is, she I might think be our three or four. Fifth. Because it's Tara, Rachel, Kaylee, KT, and then Sam. I mean, and the four above her are all starters. Yeah. So, um, well, Rachel isn't. Okay, but Rachel is starter quality. Yeah. She's like our. Uh, I don't know who isn't starter quality. That is true. Team. That is true. 
uh, Rachel Stewart, she's like our um, oh snap, what's his name in the NBA? Uh, Lou Will. Lou Will. Yeah, <laughs> she's our Lou Will. I mean, holy smokes. I'm surprised we've gone this far into the podcast without talking about Rachel Stewart. This is a, might be a new record. Oh man! For uh, being on a mic talking about women's basketball and not bring up Rachel Stewart. I was uh, gonna say I brought it up in yesterday's broadcast where I had a bone to pick with you and Andy. Where <laughs> you guys were saying that you guys were driving the Rachel Stewart fan bus when I've been driving that <laughs> thing for almost a year now, and I promise you, on I still need to play that the was, clip. That, that I was have. that was Andy. That was that was not me. That was that was Andy. I'm just I'm just riding the bus. I'm just there. Whoever wants to hop on the bus with us is more than welcome. Nick Bowman is on that bus. We talked to him yesterday. He is oh, definitely on that bus. I mean, also this is a cool moment. This is kind of like an aside, but one cool moment. Um, after the men's uh, men's team played Adrian, uh, a lot of the fans stuck around because they put the women's team on the awesome. uh, on the uh, jumbotron. And the one thing that uh, really just kind of stuck out to me that I really noticed was. Obviously, watching the broadcast, listening to the post-game interview, and even during the interview, Nick is obviously answering your questions, but the whole time he has his phone sitting right next to him yeah. on the score table. <laughs> I was like, watching the women's game. Yeah, I had to cut it short after like a couple questions. I was like, Nick, I'm gonna let you go. We're all gonna watch this game right now. Yeah, I mean that was that was so cool, and that like obviously, I mean that was like a, such a cool moment from Nick uh, right. supporting the women's team, but also just all the fans that stuck around. I mean. I know a lot of students stuck around. A bunch of the parents stuck around. I mean, those stands were still like I definitely was they were still pr- like they were still pretty full. I mean, just kind of goes to show like the sort of like family type atmosphere that goes on here at Trine men's basketball. Huge supporters of the women's basketball team. I would argue that Nick Bowman might be the biggest supporter of the women's basketball team. I was going to say because when we interviewed him, John and I for Storm Center last semester, we talked about the women's team, and he was like, "Man, I mean." I'm not, I'm not saying we're together all the time, but we're always in and out of the same buildings. Mm-hmm. Like we always stay a little bit over to watch some of their practice and it, they always overlap. And it's just like, yeah. they're, there's no bigger fans than the men's team. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, obviously it's not quite the same relationship, um, because the situations are a little different, but, uh, the sort of relationship I see between the men's and women's basketball team is sort of what I see with, uh, with the track team here. Obviously our men's and women's track team practice together every day, go to every meet together. So it's a little bit different, but, I mean, you can see that in the men's and women's basketball teams. I mean, they're always supporting each other. I know that they've run some unofficial, like, games together. Like, they'll play, like, just, like, pick up basketball. Some from the women's team, some from the men's team. They play together. Um, and it's just that sort of, like, support system that you see here. I mean, everybody here was rooting for that women's team. You know, guys who don't even play basketball. I know a bunch of the football players were at that game. Mm-hmm. They stuck around just to watch a women's team win. So that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I came to try and was just because how much of a community sort of atmosphere is here. So that was really awesome to see. And, you know, I think we're all very, very proud of our women's team and we're all very excited to see what happens for the, what is it, two more weeks of the regular season, three more weeks? I think we got a few more. Let's see. But going if- back to that, yeah, Nick did not go to the locker room after that game. And <laughs> he sat right on that scores table and waited until that final, until he saw triple zeros. I mean, that was that was crazy. Um, I mean, I think after, after the men's game ended, I pulled up the women's game on my phone, uh, because I had the men's game on my computer and just to catch the end of that, I mean, just uh, a great moment in, uh, trying history. I mean, I think, I mean, that game is going to go on the history books. I mean, that oh, yeah, is such sure. a huge game. I mean, I mean, when you look back and you like, look at the schedule, like they don't give the rankings on our schedule, whatever. So it's like, oh, like, oh, they're cool. They beat hope. But I don't think anybody on that women's team, yeah, like I don't think anyone that watched the game, or especially the women's team, I don't think anyone's going to forget that game. I mean, that's probably the biggest moment in their careers to this point. So excited to see what comes next. Hopefully, a conference championship. And obviously, now we know that we can do it. We've gotten over the hump. We've we've slayed the giant, and now that's left is to finish up this rather boring conference schedule. No offense, Albion, Alma, Kalamazoo, Calvin, St. Mary's, and Adrian. But yeah, you know, Albion's tough. I'll tell Albion you that right tough. now. Albion is always one of those games where you gotta, you still have to prepare. Obviously, you prepare for every game, but Albion's mm-hmm. one of those where you gotta put in the effort to beat Albion. Oh, yeah, Albion, like if you if you come in uh, playing against Albion, you come in like slow or you're, like you're just not awake. They will punch you in the mouth. Like we yeah. saw, I saw it a few games last year. Um, just kind of like keeping up with like the stats and stuff. I mean, they are a very good team. So. Luckily for us, we get that game at home, hopefully tomorrow. 
Who knows? Yeah, with all the uh, weather reports coming in, I for those of you who are sure. not in Angola, Indiana, today it's like forty degrees and it's gonna start raining, and then we we're supposed to get everywhere. yeah, and then we're supposed to get like was it like 15, 12 to fifteen inches of snow? I think over the, the next minimum is. 14 inches. That is insane. And Andy told me that up in Hillsdale, they're expecting like upwards of 20 inches. So, I mean, I mean, this is Midwest weather for you, but I'm really hoping we get to have this game against Albion. Um, We'll be on the call for that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be you and I. So if you want to hear our beautiful voices a little bit more tomorrow, (laughs) hopefully at 7.30 PM. um, But if not, probably move the Thursday, but then if that doesn't work Monday, I feel like if they postpone the game from Wednesday, you don't even bother rescheduling it for Thursday because I think it's going to be just it's as bad, be the same. if not worse. It's because the wind is going to be what get, what's going to be the killer on Thursday, and it's going to be all frozen and stuff. It's supposed to rain, and then it's going to freeze over. So, like, good luck, professors, getting to uh, getting to work tomorrow. Right. Kind of hoping that I don't have class, um, but you know, just hoping that hoping for safe travels for all the professors. Oh yeah, absolutely safe travels to everyone overall. Just. Uh, especially in the men's team, they're going to be coming back to campus like probably right around when it's going to rain. Yeah, I mean. Cooling <sighs> down a little. So hopefully it won't be completely iced over by then. No, because they'll probably get back, what, their game starts at 7-ish. And so, they're, uh, yeah, oh, they're at Albion. They're at Albion. They'll be back, I don't know, probably 11 o'clock maybe, which I think at that point it's still going to be decently warm. Yeah, but it'll be raining though. It, it will, will be, be raining. raining. <laughs> Man, but... I mean, that's crazy. I mean, they even moved up this game. This game was supposed to be played on uh, tomorrow as well. It was supposed yeah. to play, be played tomorrow, but they moved it up to today because of this weather. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole conference is going to be feeling it. There are going to be a lot of postponements this week, for yeah. sure. A I lot mean, of reschedules. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes. Uh, we chose to go to school in the Midwest for some reason. And, you know, Trine needs to open a campus in Florida so I can go to Trine, Miami, <laughs> or whatever, because I'm getting sick and tired of this weather. Because, you know, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship. Because on one hand, basketball season. On the other hand, it's snowy and cold and dark and depressing all the time. But, you know, basketball season, so it's it's all right. So basketball is the light within all of it. I don't even care what the weather is. If basketball's on, I'm good. See, football gets me to the first or second week of February, and then there's a Super Bowl. And then it's basketball until March. I don't really watch the NBA all that much, but it's basketball until March, and then it's just a dead period until baseball starts. But even then, I don't really watch baseball like yeah. that. I just rewatch basketball all yeah, the time. Basically. But, I mean, this spring will be fun. We're almost we're almost through. Don't want don't want basketball season to end. No, Obviously, it has to because I don't want no injuries. Don't don't want our players playing 365 days a year. <laughs> but I'm excited because we got some exciting sports coming up in the spring, Drew. Oh, man. It's, it's all going to be a lot of fun. Lot of a lot of double headers in the spring. Oh yeah, there's oh my goodness, and I guess they're doing away with the uh, the seven innings for the double double header. So I think the double headers will be two nine nine inning games. So long days. You're joking. Long days, fun days, but long ones. Hopefully, I can get on there with you. Um, oh yeah, there there we'll get you on. Oh for sure. I just hope it works out with the uh, with scheduling and stuff. Track and field is in full swing now, so. It's an exciting time on campus, so hopefully we'll see. I mean, we could see four conference championship teams with this semester, maybe five. That's a lot of T-shirts. I mean, I don't know how our lacrosse team is looking this year, but, you know, knowing Trine's reputation, I'm sure they're going to be solid. Uh, I know the baseball team looking to turn things around from last year. Softball team, already one of the best teams in the country. Track and field, both men's and women's. I mean, it's an exciting time. We could see a lot of rings yeah. coming this uh, so this I need, semester. I need a softball T-shirt because there wasn't a tournament. Well, we got because of certain things that won't be mentioned. We were <clears> not in the tournament. <clears throat> NCAA, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> that we couldn't finish a conference tournament, and then we weren't in the NCAA tournament. So I need to get me a softball T-shirt this year. Yeah, week. I need uh, softball girls, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to need – a conference championship T-shirt, and I'm gonna need a national championship T-shirt, and I'm sure y'all can do it. We're all looking forward to it. Oh yeah, 100. percent That that team is so good. But uh, with that, Ben, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I don't know. I'm just excited for uh, for this next game for the women's team. Excited for tonight for the men's team because yep. that'll be a tough one. Albion's a very good team, so it'll be it'll be tough. But hopefully, we end this week with two wins over Albion. Uh, I mean, we could go four wins if you count the JV teams for both squads. That'd be pretty cool. That Clean sweep. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, 
weather weather allowing, we'll have a, a game here tomorrow that you get to listen to Drew and I talk about. Um, say, and I'll tweet out everything whatever oh yeah. is going on. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, just uh, stay safe, y'all. It's gonna get snowy and cold up up here in the Midwest. So if you live in the Midwest in Angola, especially Angola and like the Michigan area. Uh, stay safe, drive safe, try to stay warm. It's impossible, but do your best. <laughs> do your best. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all for me. All right, man. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week. Big thank you to Jacob and Ben for coming in. Always glad to have them back on here. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening. If you want to go ahead and follow everyone on Twitter, at StormCenterPod, at Trine Broadcast. I am at DEverhard00. Ben Wanger is at Ben Wanger. And Jacob Nelson is at Nelson0973. Once again, I want to thank you for listening. Congrats to everyone who won MIAA Player of the Week this week. And, of course, good luck to all Thunder teams this week. This is Storm Center. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.